Nope, we don't need to speed up the process. We don't need to nuke this. You know why? Because this is the non-microwave truth. I am C.L. Whiteside, and this is brought to you by Time of Grace Ministry. If this is your first time joining us today, hallelujah, praise the Lord. And if you're a returning person, it's a blessing. It's good to have you back. This is a podcast that is going to challenge culture's truth and culture's perspective using the Bible, using the good book. Yes, best believe that's what we are going to do. Now, we love to start each and every episode off with a first world problem. We call it a first world problem because it's something that only like first world countries deal with. Now, sometimes they get a little more serious. Sometimes they're a little more playful. I want to kind of address some things from the past and just have you think about this. How much, this is our first world problem question, how much do you like to be challenged? How much do you like to be challenged? And this is something that I thought about because I always talk about leaving comments, leaving feedback, uh, sending me a message or whatever. And someone actually did that. And it was a good challenge. Um, A couple of episodes ago on the episode of Frenemy, I had a first world problem where I was talking about LGBTQ plus and the Pride Month. And how Target caught a lot of backlash. So this person challenged me in the fact that they said, I think there were a couple of things that you were misleading in. One of them being that making it seem like every single um, Target employee was being attacked and every single person, there, there was so much violence dealing with that. So didn't want to be misleading in that way. But there are articles that I read that said that they had been attacked. But then there were also articles that said, this is not true. This information has been fabricated. You know what you can do? You can go Google it and research it a little bit yourself. But yeah, some people are like, yeah, that that did not happen at all. That did not happen. And the real reason that people were mad is because they felt like the the pride section was being was being was too close or was in the kids section. So that's why people were were ticked off about that. And that's things that I did actually read in, in both sides. And sometimes they removed them. Sometimes they didn't. I went to Target the other day and they still had a pride section. I don't know how close it was to the children's section, but I know that they definitely said that that was one of the things that people were up or about. But the question that I was asking with this and the, the point that I really want to get at that with that episode or that that question was, as Christians, how do we handle something when we don't like it or we don't agree? That was the big thing I was trying to get at. How do we handle something when we don't like it, when we don't agree? And my big question I was asking is like, should you keep going to Target? Because we know that that's wrong and what God says about that. So the question was like, should you keep shopping at Target? And shout out to Eric. He gave me a, a great response using the Bible. And what he talked about was 1 Corinthians chapter 8. And this is when, when Paul and the Corinthians are having a conversation and they confused because they like, can we eat this meat from a temple and this meat was supposed to be sacrificed to false gods? Like, is that sinning? Am I wrong for doing that? Because I'm a little bit hungry. My stomach. But go read about that in First Corinthians chapter eight. And Paul pretty much says to them, he says, you know, what is your conscience telling you to do? And then Paul kind of breaks it down to him like, you know, I personally probably wouldn't do this if I thought it was going to cause someone else to sin. Or if someone else really didn't understand the the magnitude, they thought that I was worshiping the false guy. He said he pretty much almost said like I would go vegetarian almost. But he he talked about like the conscious and what that could possibly mean to someone else. What does it mean to you? And I thought that was a good part of scripture to look at to how do we want to handle something like should we still sharp shop at, at Target or not? So shout out to Eric for that. Go read that. First Corinthians chapter eight. Now, like I mentioned. 
really enjoyed the fact that people leave comments and, and feedback. Shout out to, to Randy Yon, Danielle, Darlene. And there was something that I really liked. And we had two people in, in, in the comments who were challenging each other and it was done well. Like it didn't start having low blows. It didn't seem like people were getting emotional. It was just a good Christian challenge. And what they were talking about, this was between Dave and DD3WC. They were talking about, you know, some of the things that they brought up were, do we separate the sin from, from the person? And one of the points brought up was that all of us sin. So if all of us sin, you know what that means? All of us need a savior. But the question and the word went a little bit back and forth was like, how much do we judge? Should we even judge? Go ahead, go back and check out the episode. I think it's like 105, true or false, only God can judge me. Like, should we be able to judge? And they listed scripture reasons for like, all right, why you should judge. And then some scripture reference for like, well, I don't think you necessarily should judge. And one of the big things that one of the people pointed out is like, you know, I don't want to necessarily be like a Bible thumper because that can be alienating and you can just be pushing people away. Big thing and bottom line is when you do judge, what is the point of judging? It is not to make yourself look better. It is not just to try to poo-poo on someone else. It's to show them that they need a savior, show them that they are wrong, show them that they are on the wrong path. Now, one of the big things we got to just realize is that the tough part is to figure out like, when do we share this information? When do we give God's word? And an awesome point that one of them brought up was we need to pray about this. We need to pray about all of these different things. And especially when we know someone is an unbeliever, when we know someone is on a, on a different path, like how do we give them that? And one of my encouragements is like the person said, pray about it, but also be willing to, to share the law and being willing to share the gospel with them because there is a chance that the Holy Spirit can work through it. There, there's a definite chance. And we know that the mean, one of the means of grace is the Holy Spirit working through God's word. And the only way the person's going to get God's word is if we share God's word with them. Now, I'm not going to lie to you. Some people are definitely going to reject that and they are going to push you away. But that's that's not your fault. It's not the fact that the gospel being there is the reason why, though. It's because they reject it. And that's what some people will do. Another point was brought up was about like, all right, why do we rank sins as like human beings? And one of the big reasons that we rank sins is from a sinful standpoint is because it's easier to uh, rank that sin higher because that's not a sin that I do. But some of the times while we rank sins a little higher, it seems that it's getting talked about even more is because certain things are deemed as socially acceptable or culturally acceptable. So people feel like they got a hammer or hit that even more. Sometimes they see that people are wrapping their identity up in that sin. There are certain sins that everybody in this world, even culture agrees like that's wrong. And then there are some where people will say, ah, that doesn't matter. That's not that big of a deal. So it seems like they need more attention then. But our first world problem question is, is how much do you like to be challenged? How much do you like to be challenged? Remember, I would love to hear from you. Instagram or Twitter. My handle is champion life 23. We can go TikTok. We can go YouTube. Leave a comment. Let me know what you think. Because I thought that was awesome how two people challenged each other in, in Christian love. And this is our first word problem. It is dinner time. The title of our episode today is Build a God. I thought about this episode because we are in an era, we are in a culture where you can build things the exact way that you want. So many different things you could do this with. You want to build the perfect shoe? Just go on the website, pay a little extra money. You can have the perfect 
uh, initials that you want to add to the shoe. You could have the perfect color scheme. You can build that how you want it to. You think about video games. You can build the perfect player. They can have the height that you want. They can have the athleticism that you want. You could even make them have the accessories and all that other stuff. You can build them how you want. I think about people in the dating world or finding a husband or a wife. You can almost build the perfect spouse or build the perfect uh, dating partner. But it's like, how, how do you do that? Because apps allow you to pick. Some of them let you pick the measurements. Some of you let them pick the race. They let you pick the age. They let you pick the religion. They let you pick all these different things. So you can build it how you want. In fact, you could be in California and you could talk to somebody in New York with, with all our technology. So it's almost like you can get whatever you want. You can build it how you want. And I see that people do this with God as well. Now, a question that I used to ask at times would be like, we get to talking with people and get to asking them stuff. And also, you know, like, hey, do you believe in God? And the answers that I would get, the answers that I would get, you know, sometimes people would hit you with like, yeah, and they'll leave it at that. But then when you get to talking to them, they like, oh, you talking about some completely different God. And they like, yeah, I believe in higher power and, you know, being really spiritual, but I don't really believe in the God of the, of the Bible or anything like that. So I had to switch that question to, all right, do you believe in Jesus Christ as your savior? Who is Jesus to you? And some of the answers I would get would be like, you know, I believe in the sun, the moon and the stars. And I'm like, hold up. So you telling me you pray to the sun, the moon and the stars. And they're like, yeah. And I think some of us have secondary gods or secondary idols would be in the horoscopes and astrology. How much we look and read into that mess. That is an idol. I just want to let you know that's an idol and you building a God and maybe even trying to combine the God of the Bible with astrology and horoscopes. I'm like, you know, God is talking to me maybe through this horoscope and stuff. That, that's not how God works. It, it mentions that in the Bible. Um, and, you know, we, we just have sometimes people that will say, I believe the same God as you do. But then they take out huge portions of scripture or say, you know, that's old, that's outdated. I don't really believe in that. It's not even stuff that's like, all right, we might interpret these this this passage or this scripture different. They literally took out half the Ten Commandments. Like, come on now. Like, where they do that at? Build a God, like, like it's build a bear or something. Now, sometimes people will look at, at Jesus and just say, you know, he's a really good dude. I heard He's a prophet or he's existed or whatever, but I don't I don't see him as a savior. I see him as someone who kind of gives us an example on how we should live. And that's kind of how I, I view the Bible, too. And that leads us to four different ways that I have seen. We're just going to talk about four of them, four different ways I have seen in it, or four different excuses that on why people have build a God. Like, why do they not trust or believe in, in the Bible? The God of, of the Bible. One of the big things is ignorance. Um, sometimes people approach God like he's Plato and you can mash him up and you can shape him and form him however you want him to, to be. People have accepted lies and they don't know what the truth is because maybe they have been conditioned by other things or they realize like, you know what? I want God to be like this because that allows my flesh to do whatever I want to do. I can do whatever I want to do. So that's the God I want to worship. Another reason that people build their own God in this capacity, in this ignorance, or like it's Plato is because all of a sudden they have control where they can be the authority. They can be the judge. They can say, you know what? This is how I earn salvation. I can do this, or I can compare to someone else and I can look better than them. 
But just because you make yourself the authority or you make yourself the judge doesn't mean that it is true. And that's something that we got to realize. But that's one of the big reasons that people will say, you know what, I can build a God the way I want him to build, build a God. And you know what? They've tried this in the Bible. Uh, Baal, Asherah, they've had gods that were devoted to sex, to, to money, to weather, to fertility, like having kids. They had gods who were dedicated to, to war, gods dedicated to farming. Like they've tried all these things. So it's not really old. We just repeating history. That's why you need to get the good book and make sure that we are not repeating history. The second reason, one of the second big reasons that people build a God is because they look at the Bible and they say, you know what? I, I see that this is a sin, but you know, I don't think God cares about this sin or they uh, just flat out take it out. They take it out and they say, you know what? God's love, it, it covers all sins, which it does. But you can't act like it's not a sin. It's, it's one thing to say God's love uh, forgives me and God is perfect in this way. But it's another thing to say, you know what? This isn't even a sin. Like, I don't know where they got this from. God doesn't even care about sin. God doesn't care about sin. Does it say that in the Bible? Let's look at Psalm 5 verse 4. This pretty much is telling us that God can't stand God cannot stand sin. Look at how it describes God. It says, for you are not a God who is pleased with wickedness. With you, evil people are not welcome. The arrogant cannot stand in your presence. You hate all who do wrong. God can't stand sin. God couldn't stand sin so much. That's where we got John 3.16 from. He couldn't stand sin so much. He hated sin so much, but he does love us. He does love us. So what did he do for God? So loved the world that he sent his one and only son that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. He sent his one and only son, but he can't stand sin. He had to come up with a way because all of us deserve hell. Otherwise, the third thing, the third reason some people are a little bit familiar with the Bible. They maybe had different pastors. They, they look at different issues. They look at different things in the Bible. They look at it and they say, you know what, that guy. I don't like how he handles certain issues. Like, I can't rock with this guy. I, I can't deal with that because I don't like the way he handled this issue. Or I don't like how the Bible speaks about this topic or, or this thing. And sometimes people will say, why would I worship or why would I praise a God who I heard if I follow, he will make your life harder. Or when I was following God, my life became harder. And sometimes it's like your life became harder because you were sinning and there are consequences to sin. In other cases, sometimes people forget that when you follow God, at times there will be trials and tribulations. At times there will be um, God disciplining us, but God doesn't discipline us because he hates us. He disciplines us because he loves us. He disciplines us so that we can be closer to him and that we can turn to him. But sometimes this makes people say, you know what? There is no God so even no God is a God because you believe in that there's nothing, which is still something. But yes, and they, they start building and creating a God and picking and choosing whatever they want to do. And the fourth thing, one of the big reasons that I've heard people say, you know, what, I don't believe the God of the Bible is because the God of the Bible, he's just he's just not a he's not a cool dude. He he has too much wrath. He has too much anger. He sends people to hell. Will people go to hell? Yes, but we got to look at it like this. This is the same God. This is the same God who saw that every single one of us had a debt that we couldn't pay. 
This is the same guy who saw that every single one of us deserved a hell sentence. This is the same God. This is the same God that devised a plan so that we would not have to pay that debt, so that we would not have to go to hell. This is the same God who traded places with us and he was perfect. So you think about this. A lot of us want to look at the judge and say, I don't like this judge. But when you think about this, the judge has given us, he's paid our debt. He's fulfilled our, our hell sentence. And it comes a point in time where, where we get to the court, we get to the judge and it's like, all right, some of us will literally say, you know what? I don't want the defense attorney being Jesus. So hold up. You don't want the best defense attorney. You want to say that that debt wasn't paid. Like, no, I don't, I don't want my debt being paid. I, I do the, uh, I do the debt by myself. I can fix this on my own. So we reject all the things that God has done for us. We reject the gift that he has given us. Now, whose fault is that then? Whose fault is that? Because we defect, we reject our defense attorney. We say I can pay the debt by myself. And then we get the, the sentence that, that we deserve then. Is that on God or is, is that on us? That's that's on us. Romans 3 verse 23 and 26 reminds us. It says for everyone has sinned. We all fall short of God's glorious standard. We all do. Yet look at what God did. Yet God in his grace freely makes us right in his sight. How did he do this? He did this through Christ Jesus when he freed us from the penalty for our sins. So he freed us from our penalty. He gave us the way out for God presented Jesus as a sacrifice for sin. People are made right with God when they believe that Jesus sacrificed his life, shedding his blood. The sacrifice shows that God was being fair when he held back and did not punish those who sinned in times past. For he was looking ahead and including them in what he would do in this present time. God did this to demonstrate his righteousness for he himself is fair. He is just and he makes sinners right in his sight when they believe in Jesus. But some of us will flat out reject this and then people want to be like, it's God's fault. No, it's not God's fault. It is not God's fault. Think about what God did for us. John 3 verse 17, 18. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. He sent his son to save the world through him. Whoever believes in him is not condemned. Whoever does not believe stands condemned already because they have not believed in the name of God's one and only son. So think about this. We had a debt. We had a, a, a hell sentence. He took care of all of that. Gave us the best defense attorney, Jesus. And some people will say, I can do this on my own. And then they mad. Or didn't they want to say it's God's fault? That ain't, nothing, that ain't God's fault. Not at all. And it's hard for us to, to fathom. Like we have a God who is of perfect love. We have a God who's of perfect justice. We have a God who's of perfect wrath or a, of perfect anger. We can't fathom, especially like that perfect wrath and that perfect anger part. Because when we get at mad or when we get angry, we want to show wrath. A lot of times it's not even close to being perfection. So we can't fathom that, that God can, can do that. And just because we can't fathom that doesn't mean that God isn't God. Because I, I look at it like this. If you could understand every single thing that your God is doing and you are on the same level as your God, would that be a God that's worth worshiping? Would it be? 
Ask yourself that. Now, for a lot a lot of times, people say, yes, I want to be God. I want to be on the same level as God. But that's just not realistic. That's not even, to me, that's not even smart. That's just straight up foolishness. Look at what Isaiah 55 verse 9 tells us. This is talking about God. God says this, for my thoughts are not your thoughts. Neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways and my thoughts than your thoughts. So God is telling us it's levels to this. You right here, I'm all the way up here. Like, come on now, like it's levels to this. And to wrap this episode up of build a God, just looking at it from this perspective, all these build a God's, they want to take bits and pieces of the God from, from the Bible. They want to take bits and pieces for, from Jesus Christ, but they fail to answer the most important question. They fail to answer the most important question. And that is who is Jesus truthfully? A lot of different builder guys would tell you who Jesus is, but they don't answer who Jesus is truthfully. The builder guys, they, they fail to, they fail to call us out on our sin and then point us to the only one who can save us and make us right which is Jesus Christ. They, they fail to share the free and unconditional grace of God that's only possible through Christ's death and Christ's resurrection. Our God isn't just one thing. Our God is good. He, he is righteous. He is perfect. He is limitless. He is truthful. He is faithful. He is all-knowing. He is all-powerful. He is all-present. He's unchangeable. Our God has perfect wrath. Our God has perfect justice and our God has perfect love. And this is the non-microwave truth. Thanks for joining me on this episode of Build a God. Peace punch, Captain Crunch. Say no to drugs and yes to Jesus. I am out.